and welcome in to the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm publisher Billy Embody. We've got a special edition of the podcast today for you guys as I'm joined by former SMU and NFL defensive back Brian McCann. Brian, thanks so much for joining the pod, man. No, I appreciate you for having me. Excited to be here. And and at SMU, obviously, a, a great four-year career for you doing it both punt return to return, defensive back, and then going on to an NFL career. Uh, let's go all the way back, though. I want to start in kind of a little nostalgia, picking SMU. What was the recruiting process like for you coming out of Oklahoma City? I know you just got back home for, for the fourth. Uh, what was that like, and, and what led you to SMU? Um, my recruiting process went um, a little bit different. I went to high school with a lot of – grew up with a lot of um, guys who are still playing in the NFL today, but a lot of bigger-name guys. And so coming out of high school, I was always competing with them. I knew I was just as good, if not better, than them. And so um, I made it my mission the, the summer going into my senior year to make sure that I was getting offers from all the big schools the same way that they were, you know, those Power 5 schools. And so I, you know, was working out. I put up, you know, uh, a good performance, I, w- I guess you would say, during my senior season. But I ended up breaking my leg three games into my senior year um, in high school. And so because I broke my leg, a lot of the teams that I was talking to, they were very hesitant. We had to call everybody that Saturday morning, let them know, hey, my leg is broke, my season is over, you know, are you guys still interested? And across the board, everybody said, you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about it as a staff, we'll get back with you in about a week or two and kind of let you know where we stand. And when I called SMU, my coach, my recruiting coach uh, was Eric Roard, and um they didn't pick up. I left them a voicemail. They were getting ready to play A&M that day, and I'll never forget. They had to be in pregame, and he called me back and told me, you know, we still believe in you. We still want you here. You know, keep your head up. We know you're going to bounce back nicely. And so for me, that went a long way to have everybody else say, you know, we're not sure, we're not sure, we're not sure. And then SMU just had no doubts. They didn't back off the gas at all. And so I appreciated that. And then going on my official visits, it was a different feel here for me. At, at SMU than it was um, with other schools. SMU really talked a lot about what they were about. This is who we are. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. And when I went to other schools, they were saying, well, SMU is not this, or this school is not that, or, you know, SMU hasn't been to a bowl game and all of those things. So for me, that kind of stood out as well. And I actually, I wanted to commit on my official visit business because he said he only wanted people there who truly wanted to be there and so just seeing that confidence in him in in what he was doing in the program and then how they were all about smu and it felt like other schools were just all about downing other schools that um that spoke volumes to me and and you get to smu you sign with them you, you get there did you have a little chip on your shoulder because you ended up being all all freshmen cusa that first year 38 tackles four pbus one pick uh, starting three of the last four was was that senior year and you know coming off the injury and then some of the schools kind of backing off and things like that was was that a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Uh, I think I've always had a chip on my shoulder. Not even necessarily just because of that. I just feel like a lot of times there are people around me that get get and not. I guess it's not about them. It's about me. I just never felt like I got the recognition I deserve, and so. 
I'd always had a chip on my shoulder to kind of just go out and prove that I could play, that I did belong. And not only that I could play, but I could play exceptionally well at that. And and you played a ton of games at SMU. You've played 40, 47 football games and, and starting a lot of those. You were a big part uh, moving kind of along it in your senior season, um, you know, going to, to the Hawaii Bowl. And, and what, what was that like uh, to to – go through that process and obviously a coaching change happened too, but you made that point about what coach Bennett and everybody was talking about with, um, you know, what we're going to do here, what, what our plan is. And then to see at the end of it all, that, that plan come to fruition for you. What, what was that experience like? It was, um, it was very fulfilling. I know, uh, by the time I got out due to the coaching change, a lot of guys that I came in SMU with, I didn't get to leave out of SMU with. And so it was definitely kind of, um, it was a battle for sure. You know, my sophomore and junior years, we only won one game each season. And so that was definitely a, um, that was a tough pill to swallow both years, but it definitely did lead to being able to take more ownership and stand up and say, Hey, you know, uh, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make sure that I'm working and try to help the team in any way necessary. I think coming in from high school, you kind of got a um, crab and barrel mentality where it's all about me, it's all about me, and then you kind of realize, like, hey, we have to do this as a team. It's not, you know, it's not going to be just one guy that's going to, you know, carry the, the weight of the entire team. You know, you have to do it as a full team. And so being able to put in the work and actually see it pay off, you know, that senior year with the bowl game, you know, going out to Hawaii, it's an awesome experience. And so it was definitely something that was, um, it was a very fulfilling experience. And, you know, sometimes it's unforgettable. Do you kind of look back on that team and, and think about all the, you know, and you, you ended up being a pro yourself too, but the amount of talent that was on that team, do you, do you kind of look at it now in the NFL, some of those guys that were on it and say, wow, just what a what a crew. I mean, from Emmanuel Sanders to, um, you know, even some of the younger guys and Sterling Moore and, and guys that went on to be pros. I mean, that, that was a, quite a group. Yeah, we did. We definitely did have a good group, and it's not anything that surprised me. We knew we were there, but we, you know, we knew we had the talent to win. It was just a matter of, as I said, us coming together and getting it done as a team. You know, we had to be disciplined, and I think that is one thing that um, June instilled in us when he got there. Is you know, you're going to have to take ownership. Of it. If you're not going to work hard, we're not going to be good. If you're going to put in the time, you're going to put in the work, you're going to put in the effort. It'll reflect when you get on the field. Yeah, no, no, no question. A- having played played for June, I mean, there is kind of a discipline aspect to to his team. I mean, from practice, you, you know, because it, the way he runs practice, it is very much a okay, hold up, don't you know, you, you got to learn how to practice. That was something that I remember going through, and and still kind of uh, that was uh, something that we continued to adjust to as 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 it, he went through it. Uh, you end your senior year, you go undrafted. Was that kind of um, what process was that like? to then end up with the Cowboys and you had really a heck of a rookie season. Well, the, <laughs> the process is, um, it was pretty crazy. Um, a lot of people just kind of, they see, you know, for me, it was, I popped up, you know, intercepting Eli. And it's like, Oh, you know, this guy from SMU just comes up here. And, you know, the backstory is a lot longer than that, where, you know, I signed with an agent and because I didn't get a, a invite to the combine, he dropped it. And so I had my life was in a duffel bag at that time. I had broken my lease on my apartment. I sold everything, all my furniture, 
And then he called me the night before he was supposed to send me to a training facility. And so when you didn't get the invite, we're going to leave you in Dallas. Wow. And so from there, uh, I called a, a teammate of mine. He's actually a roommate as well up at SMU, John Luisiani. And he wanted to get into to doing the training aspect of it. And I just told him, you know, hey, man, I can't. <laughs> I ain't got, you know, two dimes are up together right now, but, you know, if you want to get into training, I'd love to be your first client, and, you know, let, let's make some shake here. And so it was me and John Luciani, and then I did some speed training with Ryan Nimson with some of you guys as well. And um, I had numbers to shoot for, you know. Uh, at that time, we knew a lot of the scouts would be out there to come and watch a movie perform at Pro Day. And so I just knew I was going to have the scouts there. I just needed to make sure that I put up good enough numbers to catch their eye. And so that was a long four-month process. I go through, I performed well at my pro day, and we were out at lunch right after the pro day, and the Cowboys called, and they said, hey, you know, we'd like to bring you in and work you out. So I go, I do the workout, and those workouts are always real, just kind of hush-hush. You do a lot of work. You don't know if you did good, did bad, whatever. Um, And, you know, you don't hear from those guys anymore. And so that was my experience anyway. And so I worked out for the Cowboys, and then we don't hear anything throughout the entire draft. We just, uh, that was the first year they did a three-day draft. So, uh, Thursday night, of course, didn't hear anything. Friday night, of course, didn't hear anything. Saturday morning, I'm getting calls at 7 o'clock saying, hey, we're going to take you today. Not sure what round. But there were a lot of teams that were saying that. And so um, it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, we're going to take you, we're going to take you. And then they end up taking, you know, another guy at my same position in those same later rounds. And so um, the Cowboys being one of those teams as well, Campo was a, um, I won't, don't want to say a fan, but he was impressed with, I guess, what I showed him at Pro Day. And right. so um, he says, you know, I believe in you, man. I think you can come in, you can earn this fourth corner spot. I'd love to get you in here, work with you, develop you, and we can go from there. And so while I did have other options on the table, it was really just a matter of looking at what would give me the best opportunity to not just be on somebody's practice squad, but be on a roster and playing. And, you know, if it wasn't going to be there long-term, finding somewhere else that I could go and play. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Was it such a, eventually you land with Dallas, 
and, and break through all of that. I was that, how sweet was that to just be in Dallas already and, and know, okay, all right, this is where, this is where I get, get my shot. Um, it was cool. It was very cool. It was a, um, I appreciate the experience for what it was because <laughs> of course I've been in Dallas for four years already playing football and inviting people to come out. Hey, come watch, you know, watch a few games, come support, come this, and you know, couldn't really get a lot of people out there, but then the second I'm with the Cowboys in the same city, still playing the same sport, just with a different jersey on, now my phone's blowing up to people trying to come and, you know, and, and watch games. And so it was, it highlighted for me very much so, I guess, just how, I guess for lack of, lack of better words, how fake a lot of that stuff is. You yeah. know, it, you, you can, people can, say it's support, they can say it's this, they can say it's that, but for me to be in the same place I've been and then have a completely different outlook of people who want to come and now support for them, so it was, um, it highlighted that to me, and so I think very early on I was just aware of, you know, just, just how things worked or what the system was. Right. What was, uh, Dallas kind of got squeezed roster spots uh, that second year, and, and you probably had to feel pretty good coming off your rookie season in, in terms of sticking around. But they they kind of got mm-hmm. squeezed there, and and you got you got let go. What was that process like then? Uh, and then you landed Baltimore. Um, I kind of felt it coming, in all honesty, because it was uh, after week two, I believe. It was after week right. two. We had already brought a guy in the week before, and I already knew that. Um, I could tell they were trying to to, to put him in the spots where I belong. And so, like I said, I was still young in the in the business at the time, but I kind of felt it. And so then, um, you know, once I did sign with Baltimore, I kind of talked with um, Coach Hallbar about a few things. And it was just, you know, it was one of those things. It's, one, it, it, it's what happens, unfortunately. You know, it's not – you think when you get on that level, the best players are going to play, and that's not necessarily always the case. And and then kind of you, – you landed with Oakland, too, later in that year, and then uh, mm-hmm. you're – you know, the next two years continued to just keep scrapping. What what were those last couple of years, I guess, in in terms of bouncing around the league like, and and how difficult is it to to stay at that level? Man, I feel, I feel like that's a weighted question. It's it's kind of, um, and of course, it's it's a demanding industry to be in. But I think a lot of it has to do with. Uh, you know, just people rooting for you. You gotta, you gotta get the right people on your side most of the time. Now there are guys, you know, that go out there, but it, it's a lot of things that have to fall in place perfectly. You know, you gotta get uh, a coach that believes in you, a scout that believes in you, uh, somebody in that front office that believes in you that'll help go a long way. And then not only them believing in you, but you get the opportunities, and then maximizing the opportunities once you get those opportunities. And so. I think I did uh, – I, I luck fell on my side a lot of those situations. But, you know, when you don't got money invested in you and you don't have, you know, when you had that free agent tag with you and, you know, a lot of different things are going on with it. It's just part of the business and, um, you know, no no excuses about it. It's just, you know, it is what it is. And so I, I took it. You know, you don't take anything personal. It just is what it is. And you work and you go out there and you know what you're coming up for. And it – you know, you change, you're living your dream. It might not have been exactly what you thought it would look like, but I was, you know, I was living my dream. And so I wouldn't necessarily say it was hard. It was fun. It was hard work, 
But, you know, it, it, it was playing football at the end of the day. That's what it came down to. Right. And so there are a lot of people, you know, out there in worse situations than having to, to battle for a roster spot. And your playing career comes to an end. Now you're working for Pinnacle, financial mm-hmm. education firm. What what has been, A, I guess, you know, transitioning away from, you know, playing pro ball and into the, the I guess, working with the rest of us? And, and how is all that going? It, it sounds like you've got – You've got some things you're trying to do with athletes as well with that. Absolutely. So um, I came across Pinnacle about a year, year and a half ago, and it was a financial education firm. And so I kind of spoke with them, and I, I learned a lot from sitting and speaking with them. And it was information that I feel like not only, you know, athletes, but just everybody should, you know, be well aware of, but it definitely hit me where athletes are concerned because you do have these guys who are, you know, barely 20 years old who have these huge amounts of money in their lap. And more often than not, you find people taking advantage of. And so for there to be somebody out there who's educating, I said, Hey, let's partner up. Let's do something. We can go and sit and speak with athletes. We can educate these guys and just make them aware. We're not out to manage anybody's money. We're not out to be financial advisors. We educate people on how money works, on what vehicles are out there, and, you know, they can take it or they can leave it. But where athletes are concerned, where anybody's concerned, they can't now say that they were ignorant or that they didn't know that things work this way or work that way. And so I'm very passionate about that. I've actually been working with the um, Dallas chapters of the NFL alumni and the NFLPA, um, trying to, you know, partner up with a few players and um, get some things rolling. Now, I, I think in, in, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure there's something, you know, with NCAA and everything that, you know, they, they probably have something with financial, you know, advising, keeping it at arm's length, I guess, guess why they're in school. But how have you talked with SMU about, or, or other schools about kind of getting in there and, and, you know, educating, like you said? I've I've actually talked with a few people at SMU. I'm trying to figure out the right avenues to go through. Once again, as I said, we're not advisors. You know, we're not we're not money managers and so I will provide his education. So I don't believe that there is any any conflict where that's concerning. And so yeah, I'm absolutely trying to to get in SMU because I definitely think that our student-athletes can benefit from it, but not even just the student-athletes, but the student body in general. I think it's information that needs to be out there, and for a lot of people, they would benefit from being aware of this information before entering the workforce. And so um, I'm actually trying to work my way in. Of course, my roots are with the football program, so I would love to be able to sit and speak with the football players and then expand out from there, but I haven't approached any other schools in the area because of that reason. I would love to be able to start you know, with my alma mater first, and then we can build a house from there. Well, I can tell you, I think everybody can, can use a little bit more education on that uh, for sure. You've talked with Sonny Dykes just starting to build a relationship there. What what are, what, are, what are your impressions of him, I guess, as he enters year two at the helm of, of the Mustangs? I like Sonny a lot. I um, When they made the hire, I wasn't too familiar with him. Um, I made my way up there his first week in the office and went to go introduce myself. I spoke with him briefly. And um, one of the things that I will say that I like about what Sonny is doing is he is backing up and standing by everything that he has said, especially where alumni players are concerned with making sure that we feel welcome, making sure that, you know, we have access to be able to come to games, making sure that we're involved not only uh, on the field, but also off the field with the Life After Ball program 
And so uh, I'm really excited to see what he's done. Obviously, he did a great job recruiting coming up. And uh, I'm excited to see what we do, you know, in the season coming up. It sounds like you're going to be around a little bit more, too, on, on those Saturdays, right? Absolutely. I was um, doing some personal training on Saturday morning, but I'm, I was able to get away from that. And so I plan on attending all the home games this year. And as I said, not just being around only for, you know, for, for the games, but also being around the program just more in general, whether it's on the field, off the field, whatever it may be. I would um, love to be more involved in what I have been previously. Cool. Well, Brian, thanks so much for jumping on the Pony Stampede podcast with us. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this one. Uh, you're, you're a hell of a player for SMU and, and uh, a great ambassador now as well. So we appreciate the time. No, I appreciate it, Billy. Glad to be here. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Pony Stampede podcast, guys. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast. And you can follow Brian on Twitter at BMAC929, at BMAC929. Thanks for the time this week, Brian, and we'll catch everybody else next week on the podcast. All right. Pony up.